Hello and welcome to another Use of Force. This week's incident along our Native Roads Marathon route occurred in the Brownsville section of Brooklyn at the intersection of Kings Highway and Rockaway Parkway. This particular instance is one of several that we cover where there is no actual use of force report as there was no uh, lethal use of force directly employed by the police. Yeah, the use of force report typically is a, a firearms discharge report and is required when there was a any sort of firearms discharge and then specifically written out when there was a when someone died because of that discharge and in the use of force report they also list out other physical uses of force but this particular incident didn't actually have the police officer physically uh, using force on the person that died. Right. So in lieu of that, I'm going to read a entry on this instance from a website called blackpass.org. This occurred on August 15th, 2013. Carlos Alcise was a 43-year-old father of eight who was scared to death and suffered an apparent heart attack when police forced their way into his Brooklyn, New York home searching for a robbery suspect. Carlos Alcise was born in Haiti and emigrated to the United States in 2000 in search of a better life for his family. Alcise worked in Brooklyn at Bobby's department store as a stockman and was known as a hardworking man. At approximately 5.30 a.m. on August 15, 2013, New York City police stormed into the home of Carlos Alcise. They were searching for a robbery suspect who had stolen an iPhone, and a witness led them to the building where Alcise and his family lived. The whole family was sleeping at the time, and police pried the door open to the apartment. They barged into the unit with flashlights and immediately began questioning Carlos's 15-year-old son, Emmanuel who was led outside where the victim confirmed that he was not the suspect. At that time, Alcise dropped to the ground and began shaking. Even though Alcise was clearly in distress, the police continued to search the home despite the obvious medical emergency. The officers even had Emmanuel Alcise perform CPR on his father, a job that officers are trained to perform in similar medical situations. In addition to the lack of action by the officers, the ambulance was delayed in reaching the scene because it was accidentally sent to the wrong address. Although the call for an ambulance was placed at 6.06 a.m., it did not arrive until 6.29 a.m., almost 30 minutes later. By the time the ambulance arrived, Carlos Elsis had died. The stolen iPhone was later found in front of a nearby building, and a 16-year-old was arrested in connection to the robbery. The body of Carlos Alcise was taken to his native city in Jacmel, Haiti, where he was buried on September 14th, 2013. Wow. So, so yeah, so there's not a ton of follow-up on this, unfortunately. There are some 
additional details that are uh, useful in painting the fuller picture. Um, most of them not favorable to the police mm -hmm. in this situation. Uh, for starters, the iPhone itself was found because they used the Find My iPhone app. Right. And they chose to use the Find My iPhone app only after they had done all of this. That was not their first intervention. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Like, I, if I had my phone stolen, I would use the iPhone app before even calling the police. Right. And then I would have it pulled up, and if I needed, you know, assistance, I guess I would call them, but... Well, there was... And then you would think that the... Yeah, if you're dealing with a stolen iPhone, why wouldn't you just try to see if you can find it? Well, a 20... The, the, the person who had their iPhone stolen was a 21-year-old woman who said she had been punched in the face and robbed of her phone. So okay. there was a physical altercation involved okay. as well, which incited the police to do... I mean, basically they were, uh, you know going into someone's house without a warrant yeah and uh, just skimming from some of the articles that we have gathered on the subject uh, police experts told wabc tv that searching a home without a warrant is only permissible if the police are in fresh pursuit of a suspect committing a felony crime or posing serious danger like a hostage situation and experts said neither were present in this instance right i don't see I mean, I know it's freaky when you lose your phone, and if, I guess I, maybe, yeah, maybe if I were punched in the face, I would call the police, but, yeah, you would think the police would use the Find My iPhone app, and also, it's just a phone. Right. Like, it's not, what is it, $600? Maybe you have insurance. It's 5.30 in the morning. Like, all of this seems so overblown and outrageous yeah. i don't how did they even find this person's home to well it turns into? out that the actual person the or the suspect 16 year old stephen foster lives in the building that okay. the lc's family lived in okay so they said that as described in the first article i read there was a tip from somebody that he was that's where Stephen Foster lived, or Stefan Foster, I'm sorry. Why was that person a suspect for this for the theft? I, I presume because he they went through the all the people that had potentially did it, and I guess he, I mean, I'm only saying arrested the suspect because I, I have no idea like what how the the case played out. Right. Oh, I guess I'm just wondering how the police even got to that neighborhood or to, you know, to the point where they were, one, like, they knew that someone had stolen this woman's phone right. and, and punched someone, her in the face. Someone maybe led they, them to the maybe building. Maybe someone saw it happen right. and thought so, they knew who it was. Or okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, and then as far as the... CPR, uh, not performing the CPR yeah. claim. Uh, 
there was another article that I saw where apparently he Carlos was bleeding from the mouth. Oh my gosh. And that's when they asked the his son, the police asked his son to perform CPR oh. on him, which I don't know what the rules are as far as performing CPR on somebody that is bleeding or yeah. can otherwise be transmitting something. I mean, that does seem a little if that's true, I could imagine maybe for their own health they're not supposed to do that, but I yeah, I don't know what the rules are. I just know that yeah. that was that was reported or communicated by Carlos's brother Rudy Elsie's. Okay. That it wasn't the police saying that. Gotcha. So that's yeah, that's part of it. Also yeah. the the a tragic among all of the tragic things about this is that the the hospital where the ambulance was coming from is only three blocks away. Oh my gosh. So the address was So the address was wrong and they also yeah, there probably could have been many different ways to get him. Well, yeah, I mean, the police should have recognized immediately that the phone was not the important thing here and right. pivoted to dealing with this medical emergency. Yeah, it blows my mind that they're they're breaking into someone's house at 5.30 in the morning, waking up this entire family, clearly don't have the right person because they, I mean, the fact that they're even like, waking everyone up and then taking this kid outside to have him ID'd by this other 21-year-old woman, like, yeah, on the spot. Like, that's not even real. That's not even how it's supposed to work. Like, why was she even with them, you know? Right. I have so many, I feel like I have so many questions on this one. And it's just so blatantly terrible police work. Yeah. Well, two months after the incident... There was an announcement that the LC's family was going to sue a civil suit uh, against the city mm-hmm. uh, as a consequence. And it was they were suing the city for $10 million. Mm-hmm. And they had employed the law firm of, uh, well, Sanford Rubenstein. Okay. I don't know. He's, there's now Rubenstein and Renecki. Okay. I don't know if it's necessarily the same firm or not but that's the last that i was able to find on the incident there was an article that was written in august of 2013 very shortly after and then very shortly after carlos passed away and then on march 1st 2018 it was updated but it wasn't updated with any details about the result of the lawsuit Mm. and when you go to the law firm's website they have a whole list of verdicts and settlements that they have secured for their clients and there is nothing that's i mean they're they're all written in kind of anonymous terms but there's nothing that suggests this case Okay. So either it's still pending. It's either still pending or was unsuccessful. Yeah. But that is really the extent of what information we have about it. And so there's no information about who the actual police were that were involved and if there was any Not that I was able to find. And I think it would be even harder because there's not a 
actual act in the same way you know that he was he right. he suffered the the trauma of the event of the event is what caused his demise not right. any actual laying of hands or shooting or anything like right. that right i mean i guess i would argue that whichever police person it was that chose to break open the door like that would be the use of force that i would say would be the the one i would want to go after yeah but i i also hear what you're saying yeah yeah what a terrible like unnecessary thing to have happen yeah yeah there's i mean there's there are so many of these where it's pretty easy to empathize even if the person in question may have been doing something wrong yeah because you can see pretty easily you can see where the system has failed in some fashion or another but in this instance this is a person that was working hard not involved in a crime yeah. in any fashion not addicted to anything not there there was nothing that this person was doing yeah the the malignancy of the system came to him yeah and he was 43 years old with eight kids just trying mm -hmm. to you know support his family it's just awful yeah it's really heartbreaking I guess yeah like what what you're saying you know we we spend a lot of time when we talk about this finding the humanity in the people that are killed because it's typically written in a way where like this was a criminal and they're you know it's it's usually pretty harsh and we do try to figure out where their the human component is and yeah in this case like no one would have a hard time finding the humanity in this the man that died yeah it's really i mean the only connection i can see is you know a lot of the systemic problems are partially due to you know people valuing material goods in a way that seems unnecessary and some kind of you know criminal activity coming from that and in this case we're seeing the police valuing this material good in a way that's totally unnecessary like it's just an iphone there and may I, have been something also that was triggering them in the fact that a, a woman was being assaulted by someone yeah yeah, and I, I guess, I mean, I, I get that. You don't want there to be someone going around hurting people. But, I mean, even just a couple months ago, we had someone in a very, in a specific subway stop uh, punching women in the face over and over. And he was arrested and then let out one day later and then punched someone again. Like, like... <laughs> I don't know. I and I don't know what should happen in that instance either, but well, I mean, seems, they just shouldn't be breaking down people's doors. Exactly. Like they're not doing that now. 
Yeah. Or for that one, you know, that more recent incident, they're not doing that. And I think that's appropriate. I would, it would be a problem, you know, maybe, I don't know what the answer is. I don't want anyone getting punched in the face, but I also, even if they had the right house, I don't think that that's the appropriate response. Someone has an anger issue or someone has, you know, whoever the person was that did the punching, they have, they have a problem and breaking down their door and making it this huge thing is, isn't really solving the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that does it for this week. As always, if you know anything further about this instance or you would like to talk about it more with us, uh, please contact. We're always happy to discuss things further. Yeah, please get in touch if you have more information or or want to talk more about these uh, use of force incidents with us. Yep. Until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.